Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Webster Private Bank with personalized wealth management services to help clients move forward confidently. WebsterBank.com slash private banking, member FDIC. And from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years. AuPairInAmerica.com. American Nazis built dozens of youth camps around the U.S. in the years leading up to World War II. The purpose was to indoctrinate German-American kids into the Nazi ideology. There's only one place we know of that stood up to them and ran them out of town. Southbury, Connecticut. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm on the road from New York to Boston looking for stories that time may have forgotten. The story of the summer camps is well documented in newsreels of the time. Tens of thousands of German-Americans joined a Nazi sympathizer group called the Bund, and its leader Fritz Kuhn dubbed himself the American Fuhrer. There were 25 youth camps around the country, and one of the largest was in Yaphank, Long Island. At one point, it drew 40,000 people for a festival. Kuhn wanted to replicate the camp's success in Southbury, Connecticut, a rural farming community of just over 1,000 people. Reverend Shannon Wall used to be a pastor in Southbury. She says the Bund intentionally put their camps in out-of-the-way places. They did campy things, and that's how they publicized it. It was just going to be a place where... German children could come and learn folk songs and wear lederhosen. You know those traditional knee-length leather shorts with suspenders? But it was more than summer camp fun in uniforms. For one thing, the Bund camps taught kids their first allegiance was to Germany, not the United States. We also have pictures and accounts of them marching and heiling Hitler and some much more Nazi-inspired activities. The story of the would-be camp in Southbury began when a resident of Stamford bought a plot of land in the town. But it was really a front for the Bund. Residents found out about it after a local newspaper broke the story. Reverend Wall says the so-called American Fuhrer, Fritz Kuhn, then sent a letter to Southbury's pastors to get them on board. And said, we want to meet with you and we want to tell you why you should support this camp. We would like you to speak out in support of it. The letter infuriated one pastor in particular. M.E.N. Lindsay of the South Britain Congregational Church in Southbury, where Reverend Wall would later serve. She says Lindsay recruited another local pastor to help. The two pastors quickly got together and said, well, we're not going to speak in support of this, but let's speak against it on the same Sunday, Sunday before Thanksgiving in November of 1937. Reverend Lindsay gave a sermon called Nazism, an Anti-Christian Menace. And he warned residents from the pulpit about plans for the camp. Here's a reading from that sermon. One is reminded of the early camps of the Nazi movement in Germany, where the effort was first to interest youth, later to drill the youth, and still later served as a barracks for stormtroopers. What are we to assume will be the future of this camp if allowed to go unchallenged? Lindsay got hundreds and hundreds of letters, mostly in support of the anti-Nazi stand he had taken. But he hid the letters because he was a known Nazi critic and feared retribution. Reverend Wall met Lindsay's daughter Lois in 2012. She was in her 80s then. Lois and her family walked Reverend Wall through the old parsonage where the Lindsay family lived at the time. He showed us in the attic the rafters where he hid the letters. He was 
in real danger and so was his family. And in fact, his office was ransacked. They never found out who did it. Ed Edelson is the former first selectman of Southbury. He just published a children's book from the perspective of Lindsay's daughter, Lois. As she sees her father struggling with, well, how do I deal with these men? And how does Lois, the 10 year old, how does she process this? this group called the Nazis. Edelson says Reverend Lindsay had a lot of support from the locals. They held a town meeting. So many people showed up they couldn't fit in the town meeting hall. Lindsay volunteered as church and more than half the town's population packed inside to speak passionately against the Nazis. When we talk about town meetings, if you get 10 or 20 people there, you're, you're excited. Here, there were literally hundreds. Southbury created a local zoning board at that meeting solely to make a law to ban the camp. So the Bund shifted their strategy. They knew it was going to take a while before the actual zoning rules would be voted on. So they were hurrying to clear the land. They were clearing brush from the property when the town constable showed up and arrested three of them. They say, what do you mean we're under arrest? He says, well, Connecticut is a blue state law and you're not allowed to work on Sunday. The Bund quietly pulled their resources out of Southbury. We get the sense the Bund realized this was not going to be as easy, you know, a pushover and they just were going to put their attention somewhere else. Two years later, World War II broke out and the Bund lost popularity quickly. Its leader, Fritz Kuhn, went to prison for embezzlement. Southbury's story was told in a 2012 documentary called Home of the Brave. It featured Ed Edelson, Reverend Shannon Wall, and a Southbury rabbi named Eric Polakoff. Rabbi Polakoff says the story is still relevant. Just to be ever so slightly current with current events today, uh, we see that groups intent upon messages of hate are real and have their enablers. And the Bund was one of those groups. And he thinks there's a lesson in the way Southbury responded to hate over 80 years ago. There's a model of behavior of standing up, of standing up legally, but of not simply dismissing the menace that hate groups constitute. We look back to history to find what happens in history, but also to find models of what we can be. And that's this story. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, looking for history's most compelling tales on the road from New York to Boston. <laughs>